0: Um, before we start, I'm going to tell you a little bit about grace. Grace is my build-a-bear that my daughter took me to make when I decided to. Ex- and so now she sits in my house as a sign of God's covenant and rainbow to remind me that he's always present during my ministry. So I named her Grace. Because God's grace is powerful. And Jesus told parables in Luke 15 to help the listeners learn more about the king. Today's two parables, are, and the one after them are intended to move the Pharisees and scribes from grumbling to rejoicing. Our prayer of illumination. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear the, with joy what you say to us today. Amen. God bless you. All the tax collectors and sinners were gathering around Jesus to listen to him. The Pharisees and the legal experts were grumbling, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus told them this parable suppose someone among you had 100 sheep and lost one of them. Wouldn't he leave the other 99 in the pasture and search for the lost one until he finds it? And when he finds it, he is thrilled and places it on his shoulders, and when he arrives home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Celebrate with me, because I've lost—I found my lost sheep. In the same way, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who changes both heart and life than over 99 righteous people who have no need to change their hearts and lives? Or that woman, if she owns 10 silver coins, her home carefully until she finds it. When she finds it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Celebrate with me, because I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, joy breaks out in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who changes both heart and and life. This is the word of God for the people of God, and the people say, Amen. All the tax collectors and sinners were gathered around Jesus to listen to him. Not some of them, all of them, all of them were listening to Jesus. Jesus' ways and the ways of his followers. Luke 5.30 told us earlier in Luke, it says the Pharisees and the legal experts grumbled against his disciples. They said, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Verse 2 of today's passage reads, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And how does Jesus respond? Before we hear Jesus' response taught the people using Old Testament knowledge, the people would have interpreted this parable through the lenses of knowledge about the meaning of Ezekiel, 34 verses 11 through 16, which reads The Lord God proclaims, I myself will search for my flock and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out the flock when some in the flock have been scattered, so will I seek out my flock. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered during the time of clouds and thick darkness. I will gather and lead them out from the countries and peoples, and I will bring them to their own fertile land. I will feed them on Israel's highlands, along the riverbeds, and in all the inhabited places. I will feed them in good pasture, and their sheepfold will be there on Israel's lofty highlands. On Israel's highlands, they will lie down in a secure fold and feed on green pastures. I myself will feed my flock and make them lie down. This is what the Lord God says. I will seek out the lost, bring back the strays, bind up the wounded, and strengthen the weak. But the fat and the strong I will destroy, because I will tend my sheep with justice. With this passage in their minds, they hear the words of Jesus as he tells them these two parables. Each parable opens with a question. The first one says, If a shepherd lost one sheep, wouldn't he leave the 99 in the pasture and search for the lost one until he finds it? And the second one starts with the question, or what woman, if she owns 10 silver coins and loses one of them, won't light a lamp and sweep the house, searching for home, for her coin carefully until she finds it? Each part follows a pattern of, l- each part of this parable, these parables follow a pattern of lost, sought, found, and celebration. Verses 6 and 9 focus on the divine lost and found of each story, the searching and the finding of the lost, then calling the friends and neighbors together to celebrate and rejoice with them over finding the lost sheep and coin. Verses 7 and 10 focus on that joy and celebration. You see, a joy and celebration that Jesus explains will be in heaven, in heaven over one sinner who changes heart and life than over all the righteous people. Reminding us and the people listening to Jesus about Jesus' earlier words in Luke 5.32. Jesus told them, I didn't come to call the righteous people, but sinners to change their hearts and lives. Jesus knew the hearts and minds of the two people of the, in this passage of Luke. He knows that the second group, the Pharisees and the legal experts, which we call scribes, reject the celebration of the lost because being found is not what they want. Yet, Jesus engages both groups in the conversation. He knows that the Pharisees and the scribes are actually the ones who are lost. He knows that they are driven by their urge for status, by their egos. Jesus knows that the Pharisees and the legal experts want social structures that create an us- and them, mentality, and view of life. We live in a world filled with modern-day Pharisees and scribes, people who want their worth to be found in their cultural stances, stances that drive them to believe they can obtain any type of status above another person stances from a mindset that can only see the world through the lenses of us versus them. The us and them mentality is a survival mechanism, a survival mechanism that allows people to become us who are against them. Jesus knows that when we become critics, when we become us versus them, we will never rejoice with him over the lost being found. Just as Jesus knew that the Pharisees and the scribes have become critics, and they will not rejoice with him. Jesus transgressed all social rules and boundaries of his day. Rules and boundaries that pushed some people to the edges and excluded them. Jesus starts doing things that imply that this is a movement, a movement about God making things better. Jesus breaks down the us and them structure of their world. And Jesus is reminding the people that the God of Israel is a God who wants to dwell with all people. Jesus extends hospitality with anyone as he shows that God's kingdom is present. The truth. The truth is that table fellowship creates a covenant relationship. A shared table affirms that everyone's voice matters and everyone's experience is valued. You see, our God, the God of Israel, God of Israel knows the sacred worth of all people. Our God created each of us in their image and will continue to seek each of us. Our God is faithful and his grace abounds. John Wesley wrote about his grace in his sermons. He spoke about the prevenient grace and he referred to it as a porch, in which all people can step into and be welcomed by God. The prevenient grace that seeks the lost every day, all day. The prevenient grace that prepares our hearts and minds to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and to respond in faith. And we hear, and some of you hear, I've been saved. Well, as Methodists, we believe in that justifying grace of God. We believe that that is the door that opens on that porch to step into God's kingdom, God's house. And at the moment of justification, we cross the threshold of unbelief to belief. And many of us here experience sanctifying grace. Such a beautiful grace that comes to the interior of the house and the interior of you and me. Our spiritual growth as followers of Jesus is a gift from God. Many of us have experienced the transformative power of God's grace. And we know the good news that comes with that grace and what Jesus did for each of us. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. You see, Christ loves us. And we are the living embodiment of God's covenant with his people. Through us, God's authority and justice takes reign in our world. Go back and read Isaiah 56, 3 through 8. It speaks of this truth. I'll only share verses 7 and 8. Today, it says, "I will bring them to my holy mountain and bring them joy in my house of prayer. I will accept their in, their entirely burned offerings and sacrifices on my altar." My house will be known as a house of prayer for all peoples, says the Lord God, who gathers Israel's outcast. I will gather still others to those I have already gathered. You see, this pattern of lost, sought, found, and celebration must become a pattern of our ministry as a church. As we have words with Jesus, let us remember his words and his call from Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen through 20. It reads, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. We are God's church. We are not a private club. We are a communal pathway for the lost to find Jesus. A communal table of covenant that can be found in our United Methodist practices. Practices that you are doing in Winsboro First United Methodist Church. Every first Sunday, we share at the open table of Communion Sundays, a beautiful practice open to all people seeking God, who repent and ask God for forgiveness. This morning, I walked in on a few of you enjoying a delicious breakfast, again sharing in table covenant Offering to eat together so that you can serve together as a church. I don't know of a time that Methodists haven't found, and I have seen it here in this church. Fellowship meals. I went to a United Methodist woman having a meal as a group of people. We have Curcio meals all about sharing covenant and table. Fellowship. You're even teaching your children and youth to do the same thing. Wednesday night I went to WOW and I, I think I was more excited than some of the kids and I had to calm myself down and like, okay, Alice, can you let the children have more fun than you. I kept telling myself that. But they were sitting together, eating pizza, and sharing table covenant. Such a beautiful practice to start at a young age before they even know what it really means. But the grace at that time, does transform our children. And this past week, I was invited to New Nibbles. Didn't even know about this until a week ago. New Nibbles, a civic event in the town of Winsboro, that invites everyone to table covenant fellowship. A group of people making covenant as a community of Winsboro. It's open, and you go in, and it was a beautiful event, a beautiful time with beautiful people. The list goes on and on. But what we need to remember is that those who love God celebrate with Him when what is lost to Him is restored. Amen. Let us pray. God, our loving and faithful Father, when we read the Old Testament, we learn of your desire to dwell with each of us, yet our ways are not yours. When we have words with Jesus, many times we do not understand his ways. We find it easier to murmur and grumble to try and have our own way your grace is calling your grace seeks all hearts and minds and we need your spirit we need the transformative power of your grace and the guidance of your spirit to remind us of our purpose for your will for your creation open our lost minds to the vision you have for this world a vision of your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, a reality of love for you and our neighbors. I pray this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.